0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. And let's just pray, Lord. I want to thank, um, thank you for this this divine moment, Lord God, where we can come and look at your word, Lord God, where we can look into the Logos, Lord God, of your word, where we can look at truth, Lord. Lord, I pray that that truth will cut through bone and marrow, through it'll divide, Lord God, between our preconceived ideas, Lord God. Lord, that we will be open, Lord, to you and to your molding and to your move. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. So we've been doing the Great Faith series. And so far, we've gone through a few of the heroes of the faith. And our main text has been Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 speaks about many of the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. And we've spoken about Enoch. We've spoken about Noah. We've spoken about Abram and Sarah. And today we're going to look at Moses. So, how to maintain great faith when the promises of God seem impossible. Okay, so please turn with us in your, your Bible to Hebrews eleven twenty-three, and we'll just read it. And in verse 23, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that the child was beautiful being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And what's great about this text is, obviously it speaks to faith over and over again, but what really strikes me is the part where it says that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose... um, To be associated with slaves, the scum of society, than to be associated with a king and to be associated with royalty. And I really enjoy verse 26 where it says, He considered the reproach of Christ. And I just want to read that out of the Amplified Bible. And in the Amplified Bible it says, He considered the reproach of Christ. That is the rebuke he would suffer for his faithful obedience to God. That is the rebuke that he would suffer for his faithful obedience to God to be greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt, for he looked ahead to the reward promised by God. And what's great about that is there's a parallel that's being drawn there to another scripture verse where it says that Christ endured the cross for the reward that was set before him. He saw you and I beyond the cross. He knew it was going to be painful, he knew the consequences of his decision, and he made them eyes wide open. And he compares Moses. To a type of Christ. And that is what that scripture verse is saying there. Now Moses is considered to be one of the foremost prophets in the Bible. If not the prophet in the Bible. Who was Moses? Moses is the man that wrote 20% of your Bible. 20% of the Bible standing here is written by Moses. Moses was the one who revealed the Torah to the people of God. To the Israelites, now the Torah is a Hebrew word, and it means to guide or to teach, and it's the first five books of the Bible: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And before that, a lot of the the tradition of the Israelites was oral; it wasn't written down. So they would pass on the prophecies that were being uh, were given to them by Abraham and by their forefathers, Joseph and Isaac and Jacob, and they would pass that down orally and with Moses we get a pause where he actually gets this divine word from God and he puts it into the Torah and that's what we have from from him and the Torah was written about 3300 years ago and it has withstood the test of time it has withstood the test of time the Jewish people today still adhere to the words of the Torah to the law that was given by Moses It has evolved a little bit over time, so they don't do it exactly the same way as far as the laws are concerned. But at the same time, Moses' words have endured through the millennia. So today we're going to look at three things. The great faith recognizes greatness. Great faith takes great risks. And number three, great faith recognizes and great faith brings rewards. So three things. Let's go through that again. Great faith recognizes greatness. Great faith takes great risks. And number three, Great faith brings great rewards. So, to give you the context of what's happening. So, Joseph, who was one of the forefathers of the Israelites, Joseph brought his brothers all the way from Canaan. From what was the promised land that they were going to inherit. And he brought his family over to Egypt. And why did he do that? Because there was a famine. And so they settled in there. And God gave them the word to sit down, put down roots, get married, and prosper. And that's exactly what they did. They prospered and prospered and they multiplied. And it's about 350 years from when Joseph and his family moved into Egypt. That is uh, the point at which Moses is born. And at that point, you must remember, Joseph was a great man. He was second in charge of the kingdom of Egypt. And so because of that, his people were given the prime property and prime land. But the new Pharaoh, 350 years later, didn't recognize Joseph and didn't recognize the Israelites. And instead what he did is he enslaved them and he put them to work. He treated them as scum. And it is at this time that Moses is born and there is an oral tradition that is going forth amongst the Israelites that at some point a savior will come. They're going to get a savior. They're going to get somebody that's going to take them out of all of this uh, bleakness and this death and this poverty and it's going to take them back to their promised land that Jesus promised their forefathers. And so there again, there's another pa- parallel between Moses and Jesus. And so what happens is that Moses gets put into a basket by his, his mom. And this basket, the word that they use there is the same word that they use for the ark. And again, there's a beautiful parallel that's drawn there as well. Again, to the New Testament. Because Jesus is our ark. Amen? Jesus is our ark in the same way that Noah built an ark to save um, him and his family. So Jesus has also become our ark. So Moses is put into this basket and he floats downstream. And the Pharaoh's daughter finds him. And she takes him in. And let's just read um, in Exodus 2 verse 1. It says, now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that the, he was a fine child, she hid him three months. In Acts 7.20, it says that Moses was beautiful. It, it will never be enough to bridge the gap between you and God. And he was foretelling of a Christ that was going to come and that was going to mold our hearts, turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. And that is only through Jesus And so let's go back to Hebrews. So now we've been going through Hebrews and we've been going through Hebrews 11 and the heroes of the faith. But let's backtrack and, and see what it is that Hebrews was actually about. So Hebrews, we don't know who the author is. And the author is either Apollos or Paul or one of the other disciples of Paul. And the writer of Hebrews is writing specifically to a Hebrew or a Jewish community. And he's laying out for them how Jesus is greater, far greater, than anything that they hold high in their culture. And guys, I want you to remember that the time that he's writing, right, is about 1,300 years after, 1,400 years, after the Torah was given to the Israelites. How many of us here can claim a heritage, a cultural heritage that spans over 1,000 years? Tradition that's been handed over from generation to generation to generation. So what Paul or Apollos or this disciple is writing in Hebrews is sacrilege. It tears at the heart. It tears at the very fabric of the culture. It's something that they are that's very difficult for them to disassociate with. It says that Jesus is greater than the angels and the Torah. It says that Jesus is greater than Moses and the Promised Land. It says that Jesus is greater than the priests and Melchizedek. It says that Jesus is greater than the sacrifices. And the old covenant. That the old covenant is a shadow of sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice, but that guilt and that blackness of heart and that hardness of heart does not go away. And so the aim of the book is to do two things to challenge the reader that Jesus is superior to everything, and number two, that they need to remain faithful to Jesus. And why do they need to remain faithful to Jesus? Because they were being persecuted. They were being persecuted, guys. Can you imagine being part of a culture where everybody is shunning you? You were herero, but all your herero brothers are pushing you to the side. You've got a business, but none of your family want to support you. Your children are in pain and suffering, and nobody wants to help you. They've completely been ostracized by their their culture. And their culture is so rich and so beautiful because it was handed to them by God, the one true God. And it references the Old Testament over and over and over and over and over again. And that's when we get to Hebrews 11, where it talks about these heroes of the faith. And then we we get to the story about Moses. And so we can see that Moses was a great man. He was. He's head and shoulders above anybody in his generation by far. But Jesus is so much greater and so much more superior than that. Why? Because Jesus gave us um, life and life in abundance for once and for all. Moses could only give them a shadow of the things that were to come. Moses could only give them a tabernacle and a temple where only the priests could enter into the Holy of Holies. But Jesus gave us access. He'd rent the veil from top to bottom, and he said, you have free access. And so Moses was great, but Jesus is far greater. And this is the faith that undergirds us. This is the foundation of our faith. And this is why it is that we are great. Not because of who we are, but because of who is inside of us. And because this heart of stone has been turned to a heart of flesh. And we can respond to God. And God can lovingly respond to us as well. So, number one, great faith recognizes greatness. Number two, um, great faith takes great risks. So what were the risks that were being taken in the story of Moses? Well, Moses was born at a time when the pharaoh wanted to eradicate every single boy child. Why? Because they were flourishing. The Israelites did what God said they should do. They put down roots and they prospered. And there were too many of them. And even though Pharaoh was killing them with slave labor, they just kept multiplying. And so Pharaoh then came up with this horrible, horrible um, law that says that every boy child must get thrown into the Nile. The midwives and anybody that comes across a boy child must drown that child. Moses' parents stood up against that. And we see the consequence of that step of faith. And it says that that fear and faith cannot coexist. That true faith is having a reverential fear of God that expels the fear of man and worldly systems. And this is what Moses' parents did. They upended the system. At fear of life and limb, they said that we can see that God is upon this child and he's meant for um, greatness. And Moses... Even though he had everything screaming at him saying that you need to stay. It's beautiful in the palace. It's wonderful. Like I mean, I get tended to hand and foot. And everything was screaming at him like, live this life of luxury and this beauty. He was educated as well. And not many people at that time were educated. He could read. He could write. He was a learned man. And he gave all of that up to be associated with slaves. And Moses' journey from day one all the way through to 120 when he dies is a man of action. He takes action after action after action. And he makes decisions that take him in the direction that God wants him to be. And that's important to know that every action that you take takes you either towards the purposes of God or away from the purposes of God. If you are acting in faith, you are heading in the direction that God has planned for you. The word says that God has predestined good works for you to do. But if you are acting in fear, you cannot enter into that promise. So faith is a journey of decisions. But what's great about taking that faith journey is that it also brings us great rewards. Amen? So Moses' rewards were manyfold: Freedom for his pe- people. A people enslaved for 350 years and 390 years. About 400 years by the time that they left Egypt. Freedom for his people. Justice served against Egypt and the Pharaoh. Why justice? Pharaoh murdered all of their children. And what did God do? God gave justice with the 10th plague. Every, boy, every firstborn child of the Egyptians was slaughtered. God is a God of justice. He gave them wealth and riches. Why? They plundered Egypt as they walked out. When they left Egypt, their their masters gave them rings and gold and jewelry and goblets and said, Get out of here. I don't want to see you again. They plundered Egypt and then they got the promised land. But we have the ultimate reward. We've got a greater reward. Our ultimate reward is that we are co heirs with Christ. And that comes with every promise that God gives to his children because we have access. And let's run that race that's been set out for us. So let's read Philippians 2. Verse 12 and it says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way. Let those who are mature think this way. What way is that? To press onwards toward the goal, to forget what is behind us. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So life is a journey of decisions, day in and day out. And every day we have to make decisions, and those decisions have consequences. Consequences of either life or death. Moses said to the people of Israel, I put before you life and death, blessing and curses. Please choose life. Please choose life. And it's the same thing that we're being offered today as well. The same thing that we are offered today is blessing and curses, life and death. Life is in Jesus Christ and life is in faith and following our creator. Death is anything else. A moral life, without God, without Jesus, is death. Honoring your mother and your father without Jesus is death. Any good works that you can do is death outside of Jesus. And I want to end off with this picture. And it's a picture that was developed by two guys called Christopher Harrison and Christoph Romhild. Now, Christoph Romhild, he is a Lutheran preacher. And Christopher Harrison is um, a programmer and so christoph approached christopher and said can you please help me visualize the bible and remember like throughout the message that i gave you today we're talking about the interconnectedness how the bible's connected from the beginning from genesis all the way through to revelation god had a story god was pursuing us god was coming after us and this is that picture so at the bottom over there those white lines that is a chapter In the Bible. So the length of the chapter determines the length of the line. So that long one over there. Who can guess? Psalms 119. And each of those are interconnected. Are referenced by another one. And do you know how many times they referenced? 63,779 times. There's a cross reference from this point to that point. From this chapter to that chapter. From one book to to another book God had a story in mind guys this is his story and this picture blows me away that God wanted to show us from the very beginning that he's a loving God that he had a plan that he wants to have communion and fellowship with us and what I love about this picture as well and the other parallel that I draw is what we were talking about just now that every decision that we make in our lives as a consequence. And in the same way, we have this hyperlinked life. And every decision that I make has an impact on another part of my life. And if I make a bad decision, it's got a ripple effect and it's got a bad consequences. But in the same sense, if I make good decisions, God says that He orders our steps, that He's a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. He says that He has prepared good works for us, that He's a good Father, that He gives good gifts. So no matter what it is that you have done in the past, whatever mess-ups and and Bad mistakes that you've made. There have been consequences to that. But God can rewrite your story as well. Amen. And he can take you down a new path. And he can take you into a beautiful kaleidoscope of color. Of blessing. Of of blessing. 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 Glory to glory to glory to glory. And that is who we serve. The God that's been pursuing us for millennia. Amen. Amen. So be a risk taker this week guys. Be a risk taker this week. God took the ultimate risk on all of us. It says that while we were sinners, God loved us. While we were his enemies, he loved us. He did the ultimate sacrifice for us, even though he knew that we would reject him over and over and over and over again. Take a risk on God because he took a risk on you. Amen. And with every head bowed, yeah, maybe we can just sta- stand up. And Lord, we just want to come to you, Lord God, with, with a holy reverence, Lord God, and with a holy fear, Lord God, for this pursuit, Lord, that you have of us. For this book, Lord God, this book of your word, Lord God, that is spirit and truth, Lord, that cuts between bone and marrow, Lord God, that separates us, Lord God, from everybody else. We have the truth, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is far superior and far above And so much higher than anything that we can imagine or think of. Any idol or statue, Lord God, any person, Lord God, pales in comparison to Jesus. And if there's anybody here tonight that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, if you haven't made him Lord and Savior of your life, you know that you are far from him. I want you to respond to this word. If your life has been curses and heartbreak and pain all the way up to now, I want you to know that at this moment you can make the right choice and you can choose Jesus Christ. And you can choose blessing and not curses. And if that is you, I'd like you to raise your hand. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If there's anybody here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to thank you for every believer, Lord, that is here. Lord, thank you, Lord, that we have chosen you, that we have chosen life, Lord God, that we've chosen blessing, Lord. And thank you, Lord God, that you are rewriting our books, Lord, that you are rewriting our story, Lord, that all the mistakes that we've made in the past, Lord God, you want to take us forward into an ever-increasing greater glory upon glory upon glory, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that every person here would believe that, that they would believe that you are a good father and that you love us. And Lord, that we would get stuck in your word, Lord God, that it would renew our minds, that it would renew our hearts, Lord God, that we wouldn't be like the Israelites, Lord, but that this word would be imprinted on us, Lord, that wherever we go, whether we wake or sleep, whether we rise or fall, Lord God, with our children, with our family, with our friends, Lord God, that what comes out and bubbles up out of us, Lord God, is your word and your word alone, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that nothing that we can say, Lord, can compare to the ever greatness of you. And Lord, thank you that your redeeming story is always pursuing us, Lord God, even when we make mistakes, Lord God. Lord, I thank you that this church will recognize greatness, Lord, that they will recognize, Lord God, when they need to take great risk, Lord, and that you will be our rewarder, Lord. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.